Hello, Kiara. Hello. You know what that reminded me that of? That reminds me of all friends. <laughs> right? Um, what is it? Um, hello, Mr. Rachel. Hello. This is Rod. Is that what it is? Yeah, when they get married. <laughs> yes. Anyway, right. hello, everyone. Hope everybody's doing good. Welcome yes. back to the podcast. Yes. Uh, we are so happy to be back. And <laughs> we're so laughing today. That's not even a word, but anyway. <laughs> right. Um, yes, we're so, I thought you were going to say something. No. I thought you going to be like, yes, hey, guys. Well, since I guess since it's like my topic. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that you were going to like lead sure. it. Let's okay. start over. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Whew. I'm sorry. I just blanked. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for another episode. So glad to have you. (laughs) Kiara, get it together. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then you kept talking. Okay, I'm going to watch your face next time. I'm sorry. Welcome to the Undefined Good Girls Podcast. A place for all things shattering the label of the good girl. I'm Vanessa, and I'm the big sister. And I'm Kiara, and I'm the little sister. We're so glad to have you join us. And we hope that you enjoy this episode. Now, let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Hey everybody, so glad for you guys to join us for another episode. And today we are going to be talking about this new Jasmine Sullivan project. We want to talk about this, uh, the concepts that she kind of brings up in this project, in this album. I actually think she calls it an EP. She's not calling it an album, but it's got 14 songs. So, right. And I don't know what that means. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the right. difference is from an EP. I'm like, it's an album EP, to me. Yeah, like an EP is like, like a couple of songs, like not that many. So if you guys don't know who Jasmine Sullivan is, she is a recording artist. She's, a lot of people know her for I Bust the Windows Out Your Car. We all know that song. I'm in love with another like man is a popular one Yes. Her. Um, Need You Bad, and uh, what else? I know a couple of other songs, but I know that like not everybody might know. I personally have not been the biggest Jasmine Sullivan fan Hmm. up until this album, and now I want to go back and listen to her old songs because like all of that stuff, Bust the Windows Out Your Car, I was like 12, so like (laughs) I couldn't really relate to. She, not only is her voice so mature and, and just gives me adult but her her work has always been very like this is for grown folks you know really meaty stuff yeah it's never been like teeny bopper pop stuff and so like at a certain age like I just couldn't really relate but this new album I'm like whoa like yes I'm an adult because I feel some of this stuff I know people who have gone through some of this stuff um so like I said it's it's we're gonna be talking about some of the themes in this album and kind of talking around it. You don't have to go listen to the album, but I would highly recommend it. I I mean, you said you didn't feel that well, attached to this, but I I think this is a masterpiece. 
so I actually probably one of my favorite albums by her and it's not like she has a whole you know 20s years worth of albums but I love her last one I love that album from like the first song to the last song um this one I do like so I won't say that I don't like it I really like the concept I love the wordplay with the title hotels but spelled like you know ho and then the tails I think it's very like fancy. It makes me want to like say it in a British accent. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, I like it. So I don't dislike it, but I'm not like, it's not my most favorite work by her, but I think it's very groundbreaking work. And I get why so many people are like jumping onto it because they're like, we've never heard something done in this way. Like having the confessionals and then the songs, mm-hmm. like it's really beautifully put together. So yes. Um, So I did want to read what Jasmine herself said about the album upon its release and why she wrote it. And she said, I wrote Hotels to give a voice to every woman. We're deserving of respect whether we work as a CEO of a company or we strip in. It's about unity. It's about boldness. It's about ownership and confidence and also about vulnerability and self-reflection. It's about a woman deciding how she wants to present herself to the world and not being told or influenced by anyone but her goddamn self. It's about women writing their own imperfect stories unashamed. And I'm like, if that's not like exactly what we stand for here, like at this podcast, like it's so dead on. And the funny thing is, I said this to you before we started recording, I think if I would have listened to this album five years ago I would not have liked it as much because I wasn't fully in my authenticity um in a way to where I could recognize and honor people's lives that I don't necessarily relate to because I was so like nose in the air I'm so perfect I'm so good you know I would have never been able to listen to some of these stories and some of these themes that she's talking about in this album uh, I, to me there, she crafts characters and yeah. you have the hoe character, you have the gold digger character, you have the heartbroken girl character, you have the girl who will do anything and everything for her man, even pay his rent, you know, like <laughs> these are the women in our society who we have deemed unworthy, shameful women that we teach our young girls that you don't want to be like them and I think what she does here like you said is very groundbreaking because this album is so vulnerable they're um one of my favorite lines in this whole album from the song girl like me featuring the artist her it's so simple but it breaks your heart where she just says you don't want us no more and I'm just like it it it's it rings so true to so many of of so much of what women experience mm-hmm. in dating and relationships and sexuality and i think that this album just hits it all so perfectly on the nail so i will start by asking you do you have a favorite song on the album so i think my favorite song is actually put it down Okay, <laughs> the one where she's I mean, about doing anything and everything for her man. Uh, Vanessa, are you going to pay some man's rent? I am not going to pay a man's rent. <laughs> I'm not going to admit if I have or have not let a man drive my car. But yeah, I just, I mean, I love this song for just all of the little cheeky kind of, you know, lyrics in it. But it's like, 
that has been a recent experience experience of mine where it's just kind of like having a when you have a strong physical connection with somebody and you are just like if they call you you're just gonna drop everything and go be with them because it's just that good and yeah it's just I mean it's kind of self-explanatory if you listen to the song it's just right right like, right I'll um pull it up and <laughs> the lyrics so you guys can hear what we're what we're talking about I really oh, wow. I really love like just the embracing like when you're in a, in the that phase with someone where you just can't get enough of each other and you just can't keep your hands off of each other. That's what that song like reminds me of. Right. So <laughs> the part that we're talking about, um, the lyric is, I got the check if he asked me, I pay his rent if he nasty. I could like his mama. I don't bring the <laughs> drama. Like, I mean, but you're so right. And once again, this is like something that I feel because in this album, I think there's the dichotomy of that woman who's got it and is yeah, going to yeah. give her man what she's got. And then the woman's like, I've got it. And I'm not giving my man, right. you know, I'm not going to pay my man's rent. If he can't pay his own rent, his own card note, his own, you know, whatever, I'm not doing that. So right. it's so funny that she has both of them in there. I think that the, the woman who is like, he better have it. Cause I'm not, I think that woman is more glorified in society, but like, in true life a lot of us are like because I I relate to this too I've never I don't think I've ever oh nope that's a lie I was gonna say I'd never I never gave a man my car did I ever give a man my car I used to see this guy who didn't have AC in his car and so a lot of the times we, we would use my car when we went out but like mm-hmm. I don't remember if I ever actually was like gave him the keys and was like, like all right bring him back later right I don't, I don't think that ever happened but still like that feeling of like being so just infatuated with somebody or just like so pleased with how they treat you that you're like listen I'll pay for everything right you know keep putting it down basically exactly um yeah no I totally that wasn't one of the ones that I related to very early on but Mm -hmm. like the more that I listened to it I was like oh this one this one's fire (laughs) and I think it it speaks to my like inner cougar because I've never really related to women who at least in my adult life I should say relate to the wanting to sit back and be paid for by everything and there's songs you know that talk to that but to me it's kind of like I'm like I'm this independent woman and I'm easily in my mind like I can pay your rent if you want me to (laughs) I don't know it kind of makes me think of like this boy toy image of like Mm -hmm. a sugar mama almost Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like oh Okay, I can see myself like being that. I don't know if it's like a powerful mind thing to be like, I can control. It's almost like a control thing. The same way I think men use it when they're like paying for a woman. A lot of times it might be like, you have to depend on me. Uh-huh. I don't know. It could be some weird thing. So that's like empowering yeah. in a way. Right. That's very interesting. I've never... I've never thought about it in that way or how empowering it must be, which is probably why men are typically the sugar daddies. Exactly. Men are the ones who hold power in our society and our, you know, patriarchal society. So it's like, it's, it's kind of like natural for them to be in that empowering position and that empowering role in someone's life to be their sugar daddy, but like to be right. a sugar mama, like. And to be the woman, that's the thing we're looked at as like the, the bottom level of, mm-hmm. you know, power in our society. So to be in a lot of ways, so successful and powerful enough that you can literally I'm out here it's kind of like the song anything you can do I can do better and that's like the play against men and women (laughs) that's how I think it can feel where it's like 
I can also do that. I'm mm -hmm. not, not only am I not looking for you to pay my rent, I'm successful enough that I can pay your rent kind of a thing. So it's kind of a so little- It kind of makes me think because <laughs> when things. we first started talking about this, we started think, talking about it as if you are so infatuated with somebody that you are willing to do all of these things. But now I'm thinking about it, it's like, is it infatuation or is it like, I feel powerful and I like this feeling. I like being able to say that I got this and I got this and you can take my car and I'll pay your rent. Right. You know. Well, initially for me, no, it's the infatuation. Yeah. But I'm thinking as I break it down more and the whole idea of those particular lines. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of like with Beyonce's line when she's like, you know, I'm gonna take him to Red Lobster. I'm gonna get Oh him my God. Yeah. yeah. Like these the little lines that we throw in as women. And it kind of can be, like you said, in the same woman, we're so uh, multifaceted, where yeah. in one breath, we can be getting catered to and taken care of. And in the next one, we are doing the catering. And I think yes. that's what's so beautiful and powerful about us. Wow. I love that. That is yes. so, like, I, that just <laughs> makes me want to, like, sit and just be like, man, I love being a woman. I think the beauty in the fact that we live in such a patriarchal society is that we get to surprise people when we got it, you know, and you get to watch somebody's face be like, oh, this you? And it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know? <Right. laughs> It's weird because it kind of makes, it kind of like arouses me to have that feeling yeah, of like yeah. being able to say like, yeah, this is me. Like, and people don't expect women to get that same arousal that it would bring in a man in a man, right. you know, like right. we get the same kind of ego stroking and boosting, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it's in us as well. This is very interesting. This is a very <laughs> interesting conversation because I don't think I've ever like identified that feeling in myself, but just like just laying that out like it's like oh I love that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that feeling that makes me feel good so what about you what song what's one of the songs that is that like I really relate to yeah. um oh my gosh when I tell you I just love this album so much I don't even know I feel like it changes for me every week I think the one that I have been stuck to the most it's funny because it's probably like the exact opposite of you um but it's uh the song called the other side uh do you remember that one yeah mm -hmm. where she's essentially talking about um there's one song called price tags where yeah. i think it's it, more from the gold digger if you will gold diggers point of view like a uh, stereotypical kind of girl that we think about like all she wants is money. She's saying that money arouses her, all of that stuff. And then there's the other side that has, when I listen to it, it has such a, a, a hint of sadness in it mm -hmm. that I really related to. And she only mentions it at the top of the song that she's trying to get out of where she is. Um, in, her, in the first verse, she says, I sit alone in my room thinking how I'm going to get out. I go to working at a job. I don't care nothing about. My rent is due later. Only got half to pay up. I never can save up. Think I'm running out of favors. When we think about gold diggers, we never think about like maybe why they are the way that they are. You know, when we think about people wanting more for themselves, people always say, you know, money doesn't buy happiness and all of these things. But like, I have felt like she has felt in verse one. And that's what initially hooked me from the very beginning where it's just like, I, I'm not, I'm literally not like even at survival level right now. I'm not working in a place, especially during, you know, quarantine. I'm not doing anything that I care about. I'm not working at a job that I care about. I'm not getting any money. Um, all of my bills are due and kind of like imagining that none of that matters, that you have so much money 
that you don't even have to worry about that. Um, and she says, I'm gonna move to Atlanta. I'm gonna find me a rapper. You gonna buy me a booty. Let me star in a movie. I'm gonna keep up my fitness. I'm gonna start me a business and I'll never be broke again. Struggling, God is my witness. And I just, I don't know, like it, to me, it's like when you uh, initially listen to it, I feel like you get like the, oh, this is about a gold digger, but it's like, wow, there, I just feel like there's so much there. And I feel, honestly feel very seen. (laughs) I feel like this, a, a lot of the times that's how I feel where it's just like, sometimes you want the guy who has money because not because you want him, but because you don't want to feel the feelings of being, of struggling and uh, feeling broke. And you can literally craft your life the way you want it to be. It's like what they say with money buys opportunity. And that's the part that I don't think that people understand. It's like money doesn't buy you happiness, but money buys you opportunity. And opportunity is really what can help you, you know, succeed or fail half of the time. We look at that in our country nowadays with the people who live in poverty and all of that stuff. And it's like, if you just give people resources, you know, and opportunities to make something of their lives, but we don't do that. And so, yeah, I have felt that way. I dated a guy once who had a lot of money and he, he didn't even get a stimulus check. Like he wasn't even in that tax bracket, you know? Okay. Like what's the number? (laughs) Um, I was never, he wanted to buy me things, but I was never a gold digger. But I think about, you know, what would life, you know, you imagine, what would life be like if you met somebody who had enough money to make your dreams come true? And there's a, there's, like I said, there's that tinge of sadness because there's a part of you that's just like, I actually don't think this is ever possible, you know, or I don't think this is ever possible with just me. So I have to go find somebody else. And I, once again, I think this is such a, such a, 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 an experience that women have where once again, talking about how we're in a, such a patriarchal society, sometimes, I don't even know if you can tell me if this statement is like not true or not, but like sometimes you have to kiss a man's ass in order to get somewhere, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's I heard somebody, truth, but it's, yeah. it's the reality for a lot of us. Yeah. That makes me think about what I've heard someone say about race, where they say that white people can get to the top without ever having to know a single black person, you know, black Mm -hmm. people have to know a white person in order to get to, you know, wherever. Wow. Right. And I think sometimes it can be the same for women where, you know, men don't have to know a single woman to get to where they are. If they are the most successful ever and whatever they do, they don't ever have to network or connect with a single woman and women ourselves. We have to do that with men in order to get to where we want to be. And so that's why I feel, isn't that crazy? That just is like, I never thought about that, Kiara, but that is the one of the most heartbreaking things to think about. And then if you think about us, we have the double whammy because we're black women. We got to know a lot of people. (laughs) We got to know so many people to get to the top. But yeah, so that's why, you know, a song, a song like this, just like, it's like, because she doesn't talk about being in love with this man. She's literally saying like, I just need this man's money so I can get out, so I can get out of the place of struggling. And I have, I've absolutely felt that way before. And I think, 
I think this song is maybe one of the best produced songs I've heard in a very long time. It, I can just tell so much, so much went into this song, so much production, the, the writing of it. It just, like I said, it's that tinge of sadness, but it's also that tinge of, you can hear the, the dream like, and it's just like, yeah, because so many of us dream about getting out. And if this is our only way, this is what we have to do. And so once again, you have women who are deemed the gold digger and deemed, you know, just awful. They're the awful ones in society, but it's like, why would a woman, I mean, of course there are women who really just have, you know, green eyes and, you know, just want the cash, but why would a woman not care about these things? Where, where do these women come from? What is, what is their background? Why don't we ever look into these things? And that's why I think, you know, what she does is so, just so powerful because it's just like, yeah, I feel that I've wanted to get out just like that. And I don't want to be with a rapper, but you know, (laughs) I was dating, he was high rank military and it's just like, you know, that's not bad. Right. He'll retire soon. So, (laughs) (laughs) and you're set if you get that military. Right. Oh, right. And I've got that good, good health insurance, like, come on, you know? So I think that's one of those things that you know, I relate to, and I don't know, call me a gold digger. I mean, I'm not, but I think that it's one of those things where I feel like a lot of women, if they were honest, they could say, yeah, nope. I've thought about that as well. It kind of makes me think about one of the confessionals, I think before that song, or maybe before price tag, where the lady is kind of talking about, you know, everybody's tricked before because you had sex with a man. First of all, I love that song. I mean, that intro, because they're playing like church music on it. It's an organ, yes. And I'm just like, who decided to put that there? But they were just like loving it. But when she first says it, you know, everyone's not on board with her. Like, what do you mean every woman's tricked before? And you're kind of calling every woman like doing kind of hoe activities. And then she's like, if you're married, if you're whatever, if you've had sex with your husband or your man and expectation that he was going to provide something for you, then you just tricked yourself out. And it was like, the one woman was like, well, I guess, you know, maybe that is true. Like I've been married for 18 years, but I've done that sometimes. And it really just puts like the humanness of what that kind of means to have one, that ownership over your body and to use your body to get things. Cause I think exactly what you're saying. It's like, that's been looked down that's something that I would have like looked down upon, you would have looked down upon, or the good girls of the world, you know, nobody, that's like the worst you can be as a good girl, like using your body for stuff. But it's like, for a lot of people, their body does provide that opportunity. It does provide them, you know, attention from, from men in the ways that they want to kind of rise above their stations. Um, If you're a girl from the hood, you know, if you have the right stuff that is going to bring attention, you can end up with a ball player in five years, like if they had a whole plan or something, you know, and we don't talk enough to those women. We just kind of look down on them, but we don't talk to them about what's your story? Like, what's your journey? What's brought you to this point? Are you happy to have what you have now? Or are you just kind of doing what you're doing so you don't have to go back? Because I feel like some may say, you know, this is everything that I dreamed of and I wanted this. And some may say, I just know I don't want to ever be broke again. And I'm going to do whatever I have to do to stay away from that. And while we may not all understand that mindset, you have to examine it and you have to humanize it. Yeah. Isn't that what feminism is? Feminism is not saying that like, 
we want all women to be, you know, CEOs and, you know, heads of businesses and, you know, wearing the pants and all of that stuff. Feminism is essentially saying, we just want women to have the right to choose. If you want to be the woman who uses her body to get what she needs, do that. If you, to get yourself out of a struggling situation, you know, like I, 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 like you said, humanizing it and understanding that like, we all do what we have to do to not struggle anymore. Some people do things that, you know, are filled with morality and integrity or whatever. And some people don't, and you can't, it's, it's time that we stop looking down on these things. It's time that we stop telling our young daughters, like, don't be that or don't this, this and that, you know, it's time that we humanize these experiences and say, these are some of the choices that people make. And this is why they make these decisions. Um, And there's nothing wrong with these people for making this, these decisions. There's no shame here. There's no shame. Because I think it's important to teach young girls, should you ever find yourself in that predicament, that there's, there's no shame there. Right. If, if you want to get out, you can't, you have people to go to because nobody is looking at you and judging you. Nobody's saying you've been doing what for the last couple of years? Like how, you know, nobody's saying that because we're all like, oh, we get it, girl. And, and that hopefully- kind of touches on um, the song Bodies. I feel right. like that's such an anthem, almost kind of rooted in shame, right? Mm-hmm. where it's just kind of like, she's just like, I'm out here. I don't know who I'm sleeping with. I'm piling on, you know, bodies and bodies basically. And now that I'm thinking about it, it really is such a beautiful way of telling stories because you're hitting so many different things. And so exactly what you're saying, you can be this good girl and you can be put on this pedestal, but what if you hit what you consider as a rock bottom where you're sleeping with, you don't even know these people's names and you're just kind of like, get it together, which is what she was telling herself throughout the whole song and taking away the shame of that. Because I think that's kind of what you see. And that's the theme in the first you know, testimonial and part of that where it's like, why am I doing this? Why am I like this? Yeah. And honestly, I feel like it's the shame that keeps people on that cycle if they don't want to be there. When it's like, how did I do this again? How, because it's like, you're so ashamed of your actions that you're not reaching out to someone for help. You're not, you're kind of living in denial. You're not really like getting the help that you need like I said should this not be your choice like should you be kind of like living on autopilot or trying to mask pain I think when you are in that kind of like shame like oh my god like I can't tell anybody what I've done or whatever that actually keeps you on the cycle longer it's when you actually like let it all out and be like yeah this is what this is what has been happening for the last couple of years and um here it is you know (laughs) and that whoever that trusted person is that you tell hopefully that they'll be able to hear it and hold that space for you so that if that's not what you choose then but then it's also like the flip side of that is also the woman who chooses to sleep around and once again it's like we can't continue to say that that is a wrong choice right we can't continue to look down on women who are so free in their sexuality that they can do this. And I know that there are women who can do it and do it healthfully and skillfully. And it's not about, you know, it's not what we think it is. Yeah. Um, And so I think there's, there's that part of it too. I, I will say though, I have met, I think I've met maybe like one woman in my life who is able to do that skillfully and healthfully. And I think once again, once we remove shame, I wonder how many more women 
will be able to navigate that part of themselves should you know that be if they are just a very sexual being I wonder if that could if that is something that more women would identify with and learn how to do it better you know because this song is so rooted in like heartbreak and stuff and I just wonder like once again that empowerment like there are women who do this but it's an empowering it's not because somebody broke my heart it's not because I was so drunk and I don't remember who he was you know it's like they actually enjoy their sexuality and who their sexual beings are that's something that I think a lot of women don't get to because we are using a lot of times sex as kind of that filler for not dealing with and healing from traumas, emotions, and that sort of thing. I think if we all got to a place where we're healthy and whole, then sex, and, and if you're still sex, feel very sexual, then it can come from a whole place and you are just enjoying another person's, you know, in that experience. Because it kind of makes me think of why do people say it's so bad if you have like a whole bunch of partners and those kind of things. Outside of if you're not doing it um, safely, that's of course an issue, like you need to be safe. But if you are doing it safely, why can't you sleep with, you know, 50 men if that's what you want? Mm-hmm. I think why people kind of look down on that and even women who maybe have done that and look down on it is because those talk about stuff of like soul ties or like inviting negative energies in, in the, you know, exchange of this through that other person's like body and being. But I think a lot of that is because we're not healing we are just intermingling with each other. And so we are passing along those like hurtful and damaging energies to each other. So it kind of makes me wonder, and I don't know if that's kind of a like utopia mindset, like if we got to the place where we're healed and we're whole, you know, whoever the the parties are that are joining together in in those acts, would it be something that is seen as beautiful ever? Or is it always Mm -hmm. gonna be something that's, you know, frowned upon or that has women from the time, you know, we become sexually active counting how many people, even to the point right. of like, like if it was a bad encounter, you don't he doesn't count don't on count my it. List. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's so crazy. Like, right. why can't you just count him? Like, why does it matter? You know, yeah. it's just the way that our society is set up. And these are rules that men have made. Right. It's, just, it's so baffling to a me. Whole nother. It's like I don't understand this whole idea of men saying we don't want a woman to have had this many partners or be getting around and stuff like that, but you still want women to sleep with you. Mm-hmm. So the only way that that can happen is for a woman to sleep with you. And guess what? That is going to add to her quote unquote number. And, and you should want a woman to be sexually empowered and have autonomy over her body and pleasure and experience. Cause that's just going to make it better for you. It's not going to feel like a chore. It's not going to feel like you're, you know, she's just taking what you're giving and not, also enjoying it I think men don't realize that like if you have a woman who is healed empowered and whole how much more that will make the experience even better and if they do the work themselves because I think sometimes it puts a mirror to them of oh my god this woman you know she's in charge of who she is like that's scary to me because I have to come correct Mm -hmm. yeah I I wonder what it what it could look like if to and the the funny thing is like in our society I think we're kind of getting away from it now but I feel like as we were growing up abstinence and waiting until marriage was such a huge deal but it's like even in those situations are two whole people coming together are two people who fully and wholly love themselves coming together because a lot of the times that's not true you know you can't say that 
I don't think anybody can guarantee that like, just because you're getting married, that means you fully love yourself. And in fact, I think it's like quite the opposite. Like a lot of the times people are getting married because they don't fully love themselves and they're looking for somebody to complete them. Like the old age old saying, you know, you complete me, all of that stuff. Like if people are honest, I think they would say that. And I think it speaks to that, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup, you have to be full. And so what would it look like if we were all full enough to, you know, we all had that, our cup full of our self-love, it's just spilling over now. And so I get to spill over with this person and enjoy that experience. And he gets to spill over with me and enjoy that experience. And then, you know, I think that's, I think that, like you said, it could be like a utopia, but I think that that should essentially be what it looks like if somebody were to make that choice. You know, if somebody is like, actually, I'd like to have empowerment in my sexuality. I'd like to not worry about how many people I sleep with. And I'd like to enjoy people sexually. I think that in that way, we should, if somebody makes a decision, we should encourage them to just love yourself so fully that you are spilling over with love. That's at least how I feel about that. But on that topic, um, one of the last little tale interludes, uh, because for those who are listening um, who may not know, in the album, uh, the songs are followed by uh, spoken interludes where women are kind of like narrating what's coming next in the song. And one of the last ones, a woman is talking about how empowering it is to be able to use your bodies, your body as a sexual being um, and to be able to have pleasure and to get what you want, but also the dichotomy of it being sad that sometimes that's all men want. And I, I wonder, one, I wonder if this is a feeling that men have ever felt. Is this something that men, I, I just wonder, you know, has a man ever like gone into a, um, like a, a dating situation and thought, man, all she wants from me is sex. <laughs> They probably want that to happen. Right, right, right. That's like, that's like their dream. Like, oh, please. (laughs) Please. I'm trying to, you know, I always love the little jokes or memes where men will kind of say that, like, I was just trying to have Bible study with her and she just acted like she wanted to take all my clothes off. And it's, it's in a joking manner because they're like, most of the times that's what they want to happen. Right. But yeah, I don't know if they have that thought of I'm the, you know, I'm providing her with like quality sex but she doesn't really care about me. She just only cares about sex. Like women do. We are always thinking about like, Mm -hmm. exactly. I love that interlude because it's kind of like, she's like, I'm taking pride in being like the best and knowing that I'm providing this top-notch experience with whoever I'm, you know, being intimate with. But for a lot of times, maybe that's all that's keeping them. And I, if I was to withdraw Mm -hmm. that, Mm-hmm. And I know they would not stay. And that's yeah. really a heartbreaking it's so heartbreaking situation to yeah. kind of be like, this is all that's keeping you. If something mm-hmm. were to happen and I can't, you know, give you any, then what? You don't care about me. Because mm-hmm. sex is just one, you know, sex is a part of us, right. but it's not all of us. Right, and so right. you want someone that is going to care about the whole of who we are. And oftentimes we don't get that. And it's it's so sad how she kind of yeah um infuses that and then the song after goes into that more I just like wonder so what do we do with that as women you know how do we find the balance because as I am you know kind of breaking 
through and past all of the old, like I said, like, you know, abstinence and, you know, ways of marriage and you can't do this and you can't do that. Like I'm bringing apart from that and trying to really create my own sexuality and realizing that like, yes, I get to be empowered, but that part of like sadness where it's like, there is, you know, there have been plenty of dates that I've gone on where I'm like, oh my God, like, it just like, you, you just are looking at that person. You're like, you just want me to go home with you. Yeah. You know, like it just, and it, it just like, come on, man. Like, can you at least like try to be, you know, <laughs> try to do something more, you know, yeah. right. Or, or, or the worst is when you like actually like have a connection with somebody and then it's like, gets down to it's like okay this is the second time you've asked me to come over to your place I'm not coming over yeah you know like it's just it's not gonna happen and so I think there's the the empowering part of it and the sadness that I just wonder like what do we do with that as women like and is I feel like this is one of those things where it's like I feel like this is a an issue that men need to solve (laughs) themselves and stop you know stop doing this to us like if you're not interested don't don't hit me up, you know, or I don't know, because we're in such a weird phase right now. And I feel like millennials and, you know, just our age where so many, you talk about this, you know, so many people aren't really looking for anything, you know, real when they're dating. So that's kind of all that's left. Right. If you're not really looking for anything real. I mean, if you're looking for a friend, (laughs) I don't know if you'd be on Tinder. Right. But people, but the thing is, people say that all the time. Oh, just looking for friends. And it's like, Stop lying. And I, it's, it's, for me, I have like an interesting view, I guess, on it because that's something that I struggle with knowing like myself and like fully embracing my sexuality at this point. I hate like that I have to navigate in this patriarchal way where I'm like, okay, I like this guy. And I'm the type that if I'm feeling it in the moment, like I wish that I could just be free to feel what I feel. But then I'm thinking, okay, if I, you know, sleep with this guy too soon, then he's not going to try or he's not, he's going to think this way about me, even though I know, you know, who I am and what I have to offer. But it's almost like barring with myself, like, okay, what, what time frame do I have to give this before, you know, I let this happen so that I know he's going to like still respect me or still make an exactly. effort. And for me, it might be, would have been much sooner that I'm like, let's go ahead and take this to this level. But because of how men are and how they've been conditioned to view a woman that, you know, if it's a woman who sleeps with you too soon, you just don't care anymore. You, it's right. the chase is over. Her, yeah, you know. treat her like dirt. Yeah, Right. So then I feel like I have to play the game and say like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to have to make him wait. Even though I'm feeling it, he's feeling it. And we probably want this to happen now. I have to give it some time so that I know he's going to respect me and that I can be more solidified. And then a lot of times it still doesn't turn out, you know, you can do all that and it still blows up in your face. And so I hate that I have to navigate my own sexuality in that way and that I can't just be free to express in the moment that I want to express it because I'm in the back of my head trying to play chess with him. (laughs) I mean, it, it really is like, like cognitive dissonance because you're basically saying to yourself, I trust myself. I trust all of my intentions. I trust, you know, who I am as a person, what I have to offer and what I'm, you know, sharing with you right now. But like, you also have to like, not trust yourself. You have to lie to yourself and say, oh, I'm not sure because you're not sure about the other person. You can't trust the other person who is involved, but you do trust yourself. And it's like, so what do you do with that? And it's not because like a lot of times, you know, people, um, kind of get fooled 
because you do trust someone and then it's like oh your intentions were never you know good and so that's like the hard thing I feel like as women we have learned especially with the women who are like going through like amazing groundbreaking self-love journeys like we're learning how to trust ourselves but we're not quite able to trust anybody else and I think that gives us such like a cognitive dissonance where we're like fighting against what we feel and what we know because men this is just crazy (laughs) men are just (laughs) we have got to start teaching men differently because it's like there's no reason why I once again like that whole cup thing where it's like I am spilling over with love for myself. I'm spilling over and trusting myself. And I should be able to share that with somebody and not be worried about their intentions, you know? Right. And it's like, I'm never worried. Like if I have an encounter with a man, let's say, and we have sex on the first time of meeting. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I'm not thinking, I don't respect him anymore because, you know, first time I met him. But I have to worry about if that's what he's going to think and make my decisions in a way where it's like, we can't because you're going to think this way about me and I want you to respect me. And it's so crazy that why does that mean that I am void of respect as soon as that happens? Why does that mean that you no longer want to try as soon as these things happen? Like, it's who who created that role right, who created like, these where did this come from because I would never say that about a guy like I've I, never heard a single woman ever say that like oh he, he gave, gave up to day, so I can't respect him anymore I'm a right. ghost him you know like, still, like you're still a human being that's the thing wow. but you have to see us as human beings because right. just because you give me yourself physically it doesn't change your mind and who you are and me wanting to get to know you if anything it just de- can deepen it more because I we have this strong physical connection and let's build off of it right but right. for men it's just not always that it's like they just become like a shriveled up ghost and immediately they want to disappear if something like that happens and you're just kind of like and that's why we play the games we play and they're right. just like oh she's making me wait or she's doing these things but this is why these things happen because we can't trust that if we give in to even the desires we have, that right. you are going to honor that and that you're going to still respect us and want us. Right. It's like either you start to play the game yourself and that's when they have these, you know, men will say like, oh, she's savage or whatever, whatever, or that actually breaks you. And, mm-hmm. and once again, you talk about like that cycle of, you know, women who don't want to be the the girl who is like sleeping with everyone and a lot of times that's how women end up there because somebody broke their heart and somebody made them and that happens so often where women trust somebody they really trust somebody and they are they are just proven to be completely wrong about that person and it breaks them so badly that they are just kind of like okay well I'm gonna sleep with everybody and I'm gonna deny my pain and I'm not gonna you know work on this And then all of that self-love that you had for yourself, that cup is completely spilled now. Like the cup is empty and it's dry at this point, you know? And it's just like, because you're dealing with somebody who could have made the choice to, they didn't want to be with you anymore. They could have done it in a different way, but they just walked out the door or, you know, may have said like, oh, well, you gave it up too soon or whatever and make, you know, comments about you. And I know that's a lot of times what happens with like young people, like in high school, like that, like these teenage girls get this, uh, the reputation of being a hoe. And it's like, why are these young boys 
spreading all of this stuff like who raised y'all <laughs> I'm so confused yeah it's like oh I just remember like being in high school and it's just like why do I know about somebody's like sex life right. I don't know I I you know back then I was goody goody two-shoes so there's no reason for me to know but like you know and these yeah. and they it starts as young as that where they just kind of like drag you through the mud and then you get these women who, you know, like in the song in um, Hotels, it's called Girl Like Me, where she was like, she says, I don't want to be, but you go make a hoe out of me. And it's just like, <sighs> right. And it's so related. I mean, that song, oh my God, the first time I listened to it, I was like, wow, because it's just so relatable. I know so many women who've gone through it. I myself, I've gone through it. Yeah. There is a moment where I can literally just like hear Jasmine just like, pleading with men like what is wrong with you you know we what did we do what what so bad did we do as women that you treat us this way um and it's just so it's so beautifully heartbreaking because I love it because it's like it gives so much voice to what women go through and what women experience and we are not always all strong and telling them boy bye we're not always like that sometimes it really does get to us when we're hurt and heartbroken that like it didn't work out and he's acting like this and he's making me feel like she talks about um her body she said uh now I'm sitting at home judging my body and it's just like I've been there I've absolutely been there with somebody (laughs) literally stopped you know physical connection with me and I'm like oh my god it's because I'm not cute enough I'm not you know and it's just like this is what y'all do, you know, y'all, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm quite sure that this happens to men as well. I know it happens to men where, you know, they get their heart broken too. And I definitely want to acknowledge that and say that that happens, but this happens so often for women. Yeah. And because we live in a patriarchal society, men can get their heart broken and go through their whole, you know, revenge tour, (laughs) their whole, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. But then women, we get our heart broken and then we might feel like we need to, you know, let off some steam and we are looked at as a hoe or a gold digger or just too heartbroken. All of of the negative things. All of the negative things when it's just like, we need to learn about these things. We need to know that there's no shame in these feelings, especially when it's the situation that we're talking about where this guy just like completely ghosts you or whatever, you trusted somebody and this happened, we have got to be more compassionate and more, you know, having more grace for these people and women and specifically, you know, black women, because I feel like black women get such a bad rap when we fall into one of those categories as the hoe or the gold digger, heartbroken or whatever. I feel like we are just, people can't imagine because black women have this strong stereotype. They can't imagine us being you know, the ones who need a little bit of help too, who have been so ravaged by this man who we trusted, they can't imagine that for us. And so I think in turn, we can't imagine that for ourselves and we make it feel like there's something wrong with us and we're so ashamed of what we do. When you think about a song like Girl Like Me, where she's delving into just the vulnerability of what that feels like, because what you're saying is like the perfect way to put it so often as Black women, even in our heartbreak, we're expected to 
just pick it up and, you know, kind of almost instantly say, oh, I don't care about him. I don't, you know, I'm going to block him and move on. And just, and it's like, we don't even a lot of times give ourselves the luxury to cry, to scream about it, to be just the extreme level of vulnerability where you in a, in the world's eyes may feel like you're looking very weak mm-hmm. or desperate you know, or desperate mm-hmm. and, and those kind of things. Um, one of the songs that I do love, cause it kind of touches on the heartbreak is uh, lost ones. Oh, and like, like I wanted to cry when I was getting my hair done, it came on like as one of the songs <sighs> I was sitting there like, you know, I, I could feel like the feelings like rising up because it's just, I love the vulnerability in that. And like the line that just guts me is like don't have too much fun without me because it's like when you think about someone you love and you care about when you go through all of these different things that are presented kind of in the album and when it kind of ends it crashes and burns or whatever happens you know you find yourself wanting to reminisce on that when we let it's like what we let ourselves in the public we'd be like I don't care girl let's drink and party and whatever right that song is like when you go home right after the fun and you know you're hungover and alone and you're looking in the mirror and like the little tears start falling on your cheeks because you're just kind of like all that stuff you did outside to try to not heal to stuff it all down when you're by yourself and you're hearing those whispers that's when you start thinking and that's when you feel that true vulnerability right. and you do have those thoughts like, oh, I wonder what he's doing. Like, I don't want him to forget me. I don't want to have, you know, the fun without me that we had right. and judging your body and all of those different things. That's when that loop kind of starts playing mm-hmm. and men can be heartbroken for sure, but I don't know if they always understand what that heartbreak feels like for us and how many different avenues it takes us down how many things we question right because of how you know the heartbreak came in or if we were ghosted or whatever it may be cheated on that really hits us and like you said we we just try to go on and put on that brave face and do what we have to do to continue but so many of us are carrying the broken wounds from someone that we loved right that we just didn't heal from Jeez, I completely forgot about that song because that song gutted me. And especially that line, don't have too much fun without me. Don't forget me. Like, and I, I mean, we've all felt that where it's just like, you're so heartbroken because you plan a future with somebody. You start to plan, you start to say, oh, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to spend Christmas together. We're going to do this together. And it's like, once that's all gone, it's like, so they're going to start doing all of these things without me at some point, another woman is going to spend Christmas with him and it won't be me. And you start thinking about all of that stuff and you're like, oh my God, this is so heavy. And it's, but it's so, I, oh my God, it's so vulnerable. I love it. I just love it so much. Right. (laughs) Because I'm just like, this is, once again, this is the vulnerability that we need in this world to, to be able to, to say that. Um, And it's funny because I was watching an interview with Jasmine Sullivan talking about this song and she was saying how that line is kind of toxic. It's kind of like, of of course, they're going to have fun without you. Of course, they're going, they need to move on and you need to as well, you know, but even in, even in that, that vulnerability, you know, it's just like, you have, you have to feel that part first. You have to feel like, please, like, for the love of God, don't forget me. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of like an image of like being on your hands and knees, like begging someone not to go. Absolutely. And especially why I love the line, because 
I love to, when I am connecting with the guy, typically it's through, it starts through friendship. Mm. So I feel like when you do have that friendship on in it as well, a lot of times it's easier to let go of the romantic part of it. But when you're like, I'm losing my best friend, Mm -hmm. I'm losing my guy, my dude, you know, that just hits me, man. Oh, it stabs. We are just such strong people as women. I mean, man. We go through a lot. We absolutely go through a lot. And I'm so, I'm so excited for this generation of women to raise women who can honor these stories and is not living in a world in which I, I feel like I grew up in a world in which I wanted so desperately for none of these things to be relatable to me. I didn't want to be any of these women. And I have found that I am a couple of them, you know, and I have, I have been a couple of them and I wished that I knew that it was okay beforehand that it's like there's no shame in getting your heart broken and what you choose to do to recover um it's like that line in Grey's Anatomy where she's like I make no apologies for how I choose to fix what you broke you know and I think that we have to be able to um acknowledge our humanness and acknowledge that there are times when we are just so broken and there are things that we may or may not you know later on agree with Um, but you just have to go through them. And there are times when you are just so poor that you are just daydreaming about meeting a millionaire at, you know, Walmart (laughs) so that he can pay your bills, you know, and there's still, there's still so much beauty in that. There's nothing to be ashamed of in that. There's nothing to hide from in that. And I just wonder like how much more whole we would be as women and in this society, if we were able to not hide from those feelings. Yeah. We'd be able to be the multifaceted humans that we are we'd be able to just thrive and in ways that I think men now are getting more and more of the ability definitely white men I say black men are starting to get there where you're seeing you're wanting to see more of the whole self but hopefully we get to like you know as we always say black women of being able to be all of that as well yeah so if you haven't listened to the album, definitely oh, check please. it out. My desire is Jasmine Sullivan tweeted to Issa Rae that she oh, wanted yeah. her to like do a, I guess a, a short film or, or a series. And I'm like, please God, let that happen. Because with Issa Rae's genius of like putting together the black mm-hmm. millennial experience so beautifully and those stories, like it would be so good. I would right. be like tuned in and on the edge of my seat already now. And honestly, I'm going to say this because this is a song that we didn't talk about. If you don't listen to any other song, please listen to On It by oh, uh, featuring yeah. Ari Lennon. Yes. That song, first of all. Put it Ari, on your sexy time list. Right. Yes. Ari's, Ari's tail and then into On It. Oh my God. I was like, this is... I'm telling you, this album, it really touched me. So yes, everybody go listen to it. Give give Jasmine some streams because it's like her first project that she's released in like I think five in like, years. Yeah, it's been, because so, the last one was reality show and then she's right. been, been dealing with stuff. So yeah. Yes, please go give her some streams. Go support a Black woman who is honestly killing the game. Like if you are a music like person, like a music head, you will love this. All right, we'll talk to you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye. Thanks for coming to hang out with us. We truly, truly are thankful for every second of your time. But before you go, we'd like to ask you for a teensy weeny favor. 
Your support means the world to us. And if you love what we're doing enough, come show us some love and follow us on Instagram at the Undefined Good Girls Podcast. And while we're on your minds, why not go ahead and subscribe here too? We love you guys and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.